This is Mental Health and You with WCPA. We're your hosts, Taylor Kennedy, Caitlin Schaefer, and Jacqueline Simplecamp. Our podcast covers mental health topics for you. From us, licensed mental health professionals. Let's get to this week's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mental Health and You. As we mentioned last week, Caitlin won't be with us today, so Taylor and I are holding down the fort ourselves. Today we've got a great topic we want to share with you all. Yeah, so today we are going to be talking about rewriting the inner script. And by inner script, um, we are really just talking about that inner dialogue and that self-talk. We really want to communicate how powerful it can be for your mental health to develop positive self-talk like this in general. And before we even really get started, let's kind of introduce self-talk, Jacqueline, because I feel like us two as therapists are very familiar with this term and like what we mean by it, but I'm not sure the general public is or that most of our listeners might be. So let's just break it down. Really, when I'm referencing self-talk, I'm talking about the inner dialogue that an individual has within their own head, Um, not verbally what we're talking about, but what we tell ourselves internally, kind of like that conscience um, and you know, those negative comments and sometimes positive comments, but all that inner dialogue. And actually, I think this came out a year ago or something. I don't know if you saw this article about how not everyone has an inner monologue, which I think is really interesting and surprising. I did so, see that and I didn't believe it at first because I was like, really? no, like people don't have it. Mine never shuts up. Like there's no way people don't. But you're right. When I saw that, I was like, whoa, people don't have monologues. Yeah. So I think in this episode, we'll just talk about people who do. I'm not really sure how to address it when you don't have that, but I think most people do have some kind of self-talk going on in their heads. Right. So like we've been saying, self-talk is literally just your inner dialogue. It's where you have awareness of your thoughts, beliefs, questions, ideas, and so on. Some people say it's like an inner monologue going on, and most people do experience this. Self-talk can either be negative or positive, and a lot of the time, a combination of both. Our inner dialogue is powerful, and it influences our emotions and how we perceive situations. You worded that beautifully. I love that. (laughs) Because you're right. Like This monologue truly does have power over us as human beings. It impacts our thoughts, feelings, behaviors, right, and how we manage emotions, um, perceive situations, and then in turn kind of take on challenging situations as well. And like you said, some people have positive, some negative, and some a mix. And I also think it changes throughout people's lifespan based on their stage of life and kind of what phase they're in. I mean, I also agree. Like, I do think that self-talk can change as we grow and as we age. And even thinking about myself now in comparison to when I was younger, I have the tools now to know how to change my inner script into something more positive, whereas before I just didn't know how to do that. And uh, something to keep in mind, too, is that when we go through trauma or various phases of life, kind of like you were talking about, Taylor, that's a situation or a series of situations that can cause our self-talk to change a little bit. With that being said, though, learning how to rewrite our inner scripts now can impact us for the better in the long run, no matter what we're going through at that time. I think that's true, because kind of like you said, now you have the skills and you can kind of rewrite that inner script, but you're an educated therapist. And as a child or, you know, prior to your graduate school degree and stuff like that, you probably didn't know how. That's a good point. You are skilled, Jacqueline. Taylor, so are you. (laughs) (laughs) 
(laughs) There's definitely a wide range when it comes to an individual's inner script. And it's always fascinating to me when I have the opportunity to better understand another individual's inner script and the impact that it plays on their life. Because often it's not going to be the same as mine. And as a therapist, we're always presenting ourselves, you know, as a learner to our clients. But even just like with my peers and family members um, who are different from me, I love learning about their inner script and that inner monologue because it's very easy to then see, okay, that's why your behavior is like this or your perception is different. It really gives a lot of insight into how people perceive certain things and it could be so different from how we may see them. And there's really just such a wide range. Like, I don't think it's possible for two people's self-talk to be exactly the same. However, thinking about clients and peers and whoever, I hear certain themes because with clients especially who come to see us, they come for similar issues. And a lot of that is related to their self-talk and certain negative messages that they might be telling themselves. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that have really negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. and. You're right, Jacqueline, as therapists, normally we're seeing people who are struggling. So it's very common that they have that very negative narrative in their head and often have some concerning self-talk. But not everyone has a positive mindset and positive view of themselves, which then in turn has a large impact on their life. So it's important to acknowledge that there is a difference in self-talk. And for everyone, it's not positive. Well, I'm glad you said this because, yes, our self-talk is extremely impactful on our mental health in general. And now that we've kind of mentioned positive versus negative self-talk, let's get into it a little more. So there are clear differences that we can spot between positive and negative self-talk. So two examples of this might be like one positive, one negative. The positive example could be something like, I'm proud of myself for trying. And the inverse of that, the negative could be, I failed and embarrassed myself. So there's a clear difference. And if you're hearing the positive message versus the negative message, you're going to feel a lot different after you've received that message. So um, the positive side builds us up and acknowledges effort, whereas the negative side is critical and tears us down. And again, think about it. How would each of these comments affect you if someone else said them? It's the same exact thing, even when it's going on in your own head. I love that example because that's actually something challenging than inner script, right? Having clients try to give me one positive, one negative from the situation Mm -hmm. can sometimes help them learn how that inner script is impacting their perception. So for example, of again, like what we're talking about, this negative and positive, we have a situation that happens and at the root of it, your inner monologue either goes to negative, self-depreciating comments like, For example, you have a test. This is going to be horrible. I'm going to fail. I'm so nervous. I can't do this versus this is going to be really hard. How can I prepare myself? One focuses on growth and opportunity and the other is beating you down and getting that really negative mindset going into that challenging situation. How are you going to set yourself up for this situation? And really just what we tell ourselves can be something really powerful, I think. Everyone makes mistakes. Like life happens, but viewing it as like an opportunity for growth and connectedness with someone else versus this was so embarrassing. Let me hide my face. It's just way different. And I think more examples that I hear of negative self-talk, they're about like us as people or us at our core. So I'm worthless. Like I can't do anything right. No one cares about me. I'm unlovable. Like really awful things that 
you would never say to other people. So it's like, why say them to yourself? So true. We're so mean to ourselves as humans. It's we true. We say cruel things. That, you're right. We would never say to other people. Like if someone else fell down a flight of stairs, I would never be like, oh my gosh, don't show your face in public. I'd be like, are you okay? Like I have fallen before. It hurts. Please don't feel embarrassed at all. Do you want me to get you some ice? I really don't think that most people would be so judgmental and critical like that. No, but we're good at doing that to ourselves. So yeah, again, if we're saying these awful things to ourselves, it wears us down because how could it not? And if we hear it enough, we're going to believe it. And that's why it's so important to flip what we tell ourselves into something more realistic and positive. Jacqueline, you kind of mentioned it earlier about how this inner script undeniably has an impact on our mental health. But I think, too, our inner scripts are a reflection of our mental health. And that's an important thing maybe to note here is that sometimes it's kind of like the chicken and the egg, what came first. But not always do I think the inner script is dictating the mental health. Like sometimes I think in certain situations, our inner script is a reflection of a mental health illness or struggle that we're going through. Ooh, well, that's actually a really good point because if our mental health isn't doing well, it is likely our self-talk might be pretty negative at that time too. So it really, I like that, the chicken and the egg thing because that's really representative of it. And if our self-talk can improve, that only benefits our mental health too. Yeah, you know, it truly does like go both ways. Not only is our inner script reflective of our mental health, but it also directly impacts the individual's state of mind in the moment. So as humans, our mental health and inner script are intertwined. And we're talking about how almost codependent in a way they are. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like a never ending cycle. And I feel like I'm wording it horribly. So Jacqueline, word this better. No, I mean, I get what you're saying. They totally feed into each other. And one is definitely a reflection of the other. So yeah, if you notice your self-talk might be more negative lately, that is a sign to check in on your mental health too. Thank you for reading my mind and providing clarity since I was not making sense. Anyways, this is something I have been very conscious of because for me, I like to think at least I'm a very positive person. So when I notice my inner monologue becomes negative or self-depreciating, it's an indicator for me like, hey, check in on my mental health. It starts being more negative and not truly reflective of how I know I view myself then it's kind of a warning sign like, hey, you're not in a good state of health, whether that's mental or physical or just health in general. I don't know. My inner script in a way, that impact that it has is something I have to be mindful of, but also can help me kind of be aware when my mental health or physical health has fallen off. Right. So that awareness and mindfulness piece almost. Yeah, definitely. Mindfulness is huge. Just being aware and thinking what may have led to these negative thoughts or what happened that made me feel this way, or even just simply being aware, like I am feeling this right now, or I'm thinking this right now. It can be easier, I feel like, to say, I don't know, or I've always thought this way. But I think most things can be tracked if we can gain some more awareness of it. And these internal messages may be difficult to talk about and can temporarily cause avoidance for some people or some kind of internal turmoil, because it's not fun to think about. It's just not but it needs to be addressed for it to get any better. I have to do this so much in sessions and well, I guess I shouldn't even say in sessions, like with friends sometimes. I know if you're saying, I don't know, or I've always been this way, you know, you know what you're thinking or feeling. It's just uncomfortable to have to like check in with yourself 
and then verbalize what that might be because it's normally not a positive feeling if we're avoiding it. So like you said, some temporary avoidance is often what happens because we're humans and we don't like being uncomfortable, but it's important to become aware of our thoughts and feelings because that's the core of who we are as human beings. So I don't know. I think that's a good point. It's very common to avoid it, but avoiding it does not help raise awareness for you as an individual. I've seen that a lot, both personally and with my clients. And I think you've said this before, Taylor, like even in previous episodes, if you're uncomfortable, that's where you're going to grow. And so you need to learn to like go towards that uncomfort or discomfort rather, because that's where the change is going to happen. And that's yeah, where the growth and, happens. Yes. And you don't grow where you're comfortable. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable. It sucks. It's not easy to do, but trust us. Like that's where you're going to have to do it. Right. It's like the comfortables might be where you're strengthening your roots, but the main growth happens when you're uncomfortable. But I also think with all this talk, it we're like, oh, let's talk about the inner script. But a lot of people now, once we've made them aware, are going to pay attention to it. And I'm hoping maybe start rewriting it. Like we both kind of mentioned, changing your inner script takes practice. So that's what I tell my clients. A lot of people I work with have pretty poor self-talk, again, like we mentioned. And sometimes they feel like if they switch it to something positive, they're lying to themselves in a way. But I try to frame it like, even if our brain is telling us something, it's not necessarily true, which might be a weird concept where we may be like, okay, well, my brain told me, so it must be true. That must be the truth, but that's not always the case. So how can we prove this negative self-talk isn't representative of who we are? I try to help my clients see that their self-talk is biased in a negative way, and we need to look for evidence showing that they're a good person, they're worth it, they're trying, etc. That's that evidence piece. I I do that with myself, with clients, with anybody. Like, is there evidence for why I'm thinking or feeling this way or telling myself this or telling someone else this? Because if not, it's a perception, it's an opinion. It's not evidence, fact-based. So you're right. I think it's not necessarily lying to yourself to challenge something you know is not factually true. And I'm a very anxiety-ridden person, so I know my everything my brain tells me is not true. I'm the mm-hmm. queen of overthinking, and I can make mountains out of molehills. So it takes awareness that I can do that with my brain, but that awareness helps me to learn that, okay, yeah, not everything that my brain tells me is necessarily true. That could be my anxiety talking. Me too. My irrational fears. Yes, like... Just because your brain goes to the worst possible outcome doesn't mean it's going to happen. You need to look at everything in between and like some more realism in there too. Yeah, which I mean comes with like maturity and obviously development, but it's important to note. So now we want to talk about some ways that can help improve self-talk. So things like thought challenging or positive affirmations are really helpful. I somewhat described thought challenging earlier, but it's when you take your automatic negative thoughts and come up with something more realistic or positive in response to that thought. It might feel a little uncomfortable at first, or again, maybe like you're lying to yourself, but in time, these thoughts will become more automatic for you in general. And then positive affirmations. So we know that positive affirmations are messages we can give ourselves that are little reminders of true positive things, or they can even be intentions that we set for ourselves each day. 
with both of these strategies, the key is consistency. So the more we do it, the more we get used to it, and the more we believe it. And imagine how much better we'll feel once we surround our mind with positive messages like that. I'm like, I love the way you worded that. Why are you killing it today? (laughs) But also, I think another suggestion is kind of what I mentioned earlier. and What I really rely on is being mindful of my inner script. So it helps you to change your inner script through being mindful of it. If you aren't mindful of it and you don't understand it, it's almost impossible to change it, in my opinion. It's kind of the easiest and most challenging at the same time, because I think overall mindfulness is difficult. But if you can be more mindful and more aware and check in with yourself more often, that gives you kind of the foreground to then make those changes moving forward. Yeah, you're right, though. It's super uncomfortable to become mindful because you have to check in with yourself. And Mm -hmm. people don't like focusing on themselves. As humans, we like to focus on everybody else. (laughs) Don't make me focus on me. Another suggestion I have is to be kind to yourself. I think we hit on this earlier, but we're really hard on ourselves as humans and we strive for perfection. And that's, I don't know, double-edged sword. It's great to push yourself, but you have to be kind to yourself through this process. And especially when we're talking about that inner script and then challenging ourselves to rewrite it. It's going to take time and you have to be kind to yourself through the process. Oh my gosh. Kindness and compassion are so important. We could say that 20 times over. Like we really do mean that. And I think taking accountability is great. We're not saying to ignore things, but we take it too far. And again, we are downright mean and unforgiving to ourselves. We can't expect change to happen overnight either. It's hard work and You have to actively engage in it, and it's not just make the flip of a switch. You're going to have to really work at it and then be patient because it's not going to happen overnight, especially because most of our inner scripts are grounded in things we've told ourselves for like years or conceptions and perceptions we've created from childhood. So that's a really good point, because if we've been doing something for X amount of years, how can we expect to change that within like an instance or a matter of days? Like that just does not make sense. So just like anything else, consistency makes or breaks it. And it's going to be the factor in like, is this going to work for you or not? And so as we know, forming habits is tough initially, but once you get into it and put in the work, it won't feel as difficult over time. And developing positive self-talk is something so great for you to have. So the work and consistency involved is really worth it. Oh, 100%. Finding happy and rewriting the inner script is not easy and definitely can be challenging at first. I also think it can be super empowering though. Taking your life back in a way and getting back to a happier mindset can have a huge impact on our self-talk and overall quality of life. We're telling you, having positive self-talk can change your life for the better. Better self-esteem, practicing self-compassion, having a better outlook on yourself and the world, learning to believe in the good in you will do wonders for your mental health and well-being. I'm interested to hear what people think about this, because obviously we love this topic and we can go on about it, but I'm interested to hear about our listeners and everyone else and what they think. Is the inner script something the general public even thinks about, notices, talks about. Give us your thoughts. 
I know. I want to know, like, are we just in our therapy bubble or is this something that's in general conversation? And I hope it is, but we want to find out. Yes. So join our convo. Let us know your thoughts. You can DM us on Instagram at mental health and you, or you can email us at podcastwcpa at gmail.com. So next week, we're talking kind of in the same vein here, but we're discussing toxic positivity and how it can be harmful. I think these two episodes pair really well together, so be sure to tune in. Yes, please tune in. They definitely go hand in hand and I think can be really educational and helpful. So I also want to remind everybody that Caitlin will not be here next week. So it'll just be Jacqueline and I holding down the pod while our third P gets married. You like what I did there? I love that. I cannot stop smiling. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Have a great day. 